Thank you for joining us on this Desiring God Theological Podcast for Pastors. Our topic today is prayer, and we are privileged to have with us Paul Miller with See Jesus. Paul, thank you for joining us to talk about prayer. Paul, would there be some specific texts that you might take pastors to in thinking through their theology and the key concepts that would come to mind with the topic of prayer? Well, thank you for having me on this podcast there are a number of key tests, texts that bounce out to me. One that I've been chewing on, I actually haven't been able to get off my mind for the last year. It's from Isaiah 64, uh, verse 4. Uh, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. I, 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 this is in the middle of a lament that Isaiah is having uh, or is praying to God. And it is actually, he, he has had his lament in verse, in, in the end of 63, where he says, God, why have you made a sin? Which isn't very theologically correct. But then he, he, he drills down into why he's lamenting what's happening to Israel. And what's driving his lament is that he believes that God is someone who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And it just absolutely nails the praying life. In other words, Isaiah has experienced a God who incarnates, who God who acts in history, a God who acts in his life. He knows that God works. So his... his 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 broken hardness over the state of Israel comes from this knowledge that God acts for those who wait for Him, and I, I like it that He didn't use the word prayer, and, and you find the word prayer a lot more in the uh, New Testament, the Old Testament, and I actually think it's it's helpful to go through the Psalms and look at all the different ways that the psalmist will describe how he talks to God. And because we, we, we almost get in a kind of a mindset where we think prayer is this black box that we have to unlock. And it is just my soul crying out to God is what it is. Mm. It's not much more complicated than that. Mm. And then it's this whole process of waiting for God to work. So that's, I mean, I could go on and on, but that's a starter. Oh, that's very helpful, Paul. Paul is the author of the book, A Praying Life, which I should have mentioned <laughs> at the beginning. And... Paul, would there be also some, some key concepts there in the book or that you would want to present as a refresher to pastors here? Probably the biggest one for that is in the book and is in my heart is to be like a little child. And I love just sitting on that theme in Jesus' ministry. But let me just mention one of the the well I'll, I'll mention two things that i i love about that theme in Christ's ministry his earthly ministry one is how childlike the disciples themselves are that you know peter has no mind to mouth barrier i mean what peter's thinking comes out and it's their sort of their universal shared characteristic is just is how open they are. And they'll say to like like one of the disciples says to Jesus at the Last Supper, Oh, now you're making sense. You know, it just little kids talk that way. And so there 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 is no pretense among them. They simply are who they are. And and the other one is that Jesus himself is very childlike. That when he invites us to become like little children, 
Jesus is inviting us to become like himself. And that theme is all through John in particular. Mm-hmm. Like in John 5, 19, Jesus says, I do nothing on my own. I do just what I see my Father doing. And in our uh, Person of Jesus seminar, I'll write that up on the whiteboard, not mention to people that it's Jesus. And so I'll write up something like, I do nothing on my own. I just do what I see my dad doing. And I'll put it in quotes. And I'll say, now, if you heard someone at a restaurant, maybe at the table next to yours, say that, what would you think of that person? I mean, he clearly has got boundary issues, you know? I mean, he's way too enmeshed with his dad. I mean, he needs counseling. And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll get people, you know, some, some people know it's Jesus. But, but that's Jesus, and that's his heart, is, is that he is so dependent on his Heavenly Father. And there is such a resistance in our hearts, and I think it's particularly strong in American culture to being that dependent on God. But what it is is it is it's a returnal it's a return to the normal state of humanity. In other words, that's what uh, that 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 was how we were meant to be. We weren't meant to think of ourselves even as individuals. We're meant to think of ourselves in fellowship with God. You know, it's so, so Jesus has no. I, I, the, here, here, here's a way. You know, imagine Jesus in therapy, because I mean, we'd have put him in therapy or counseling, because you know, I'm the light of the world. I mean, you know, really, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So imagine Jesus in the th- and 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 the therapist says to Jesus, you know, Jesus, how are you know how are you doing today? And Jesus says, my father and I are doing wonderful. It's just great. You know, the therapist kind of bangs his head or shakes his head and says, Jesus, you know, we, we've talked about you and your father, but just this time, let's leave your father about it. I just want to know how you're doing. And, and, and Jesus says, you know, my father and I are doing wonderful. You know, it just, he's so hardwired. He, he, so he has no, the kind of angst we get uh, from, you know, who am I? That question is, who is Jesus? Is he's his father's. And, and so to become like a little child is to become Christ-like. And then Paul talks about that in Galatians 4, 4 to 7, that grand sonship passage, where that what, what comes into our hearts is the praying spirit of Jesus that cries, Abba, Father. I think I read that text a hundred times and memorized it before I realized that was the, kind of at the heart of it, mm-hmm. is that that is that childlike, the gift of the Spirit brings the gift of Jesus' childlike heart into my heart that allows me to pray. That's good. Uh, Paul, would you say that there is a, uh, what does it mean to mature in prayer? I mean, there may be many who hear the the high language of their right. pastor pray, and, yeah. and and they need to hear uh, to, to pray sure. to your Father. Sure. Is there is there a growth in prayer? Yeah, there really is, and 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 the growth is to to realize how much weaker you are than you realized. Mm-hmm. So so the mature person who matures in prayer is desperate. Mm-hmm. It is is they have so so the really mature Christian has an increasing sense of desperation. They can't do life on their own, so they are weaker, so they pray more. So the maturity is a growing awareness of how they can't do life. And that's hard, because my natural instincts are to go the other direction. Paul, what would you say to a pastor who, uh, in the busyness 
of ministry uh, has neglected to pray like this and, and knows he wants to have more of this kind of relationship with his father in prayer and even has is very gospel-centered in his theology but can't break through the, the barrier yet to, to be a man of prayer like this. What kind of word would you say to a pastor well, like that? Well, other than reading a copy of A Praying Life, <laughs> uh, uh, that a short suggestion I would have is to, and this is going to seem silly, but I just know how busy it is, 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 to, is to just take a, and we, we tell this to everybody, not just pastors, but I just know that even this will elude pastors, is, is just to, be, is to make sure before they do anything, uh, and I just think the morning's a particularly good time, uh, is to just to take uh, five minutes. And, and it's more important than to be, you be regular with the five minutes than that, that you have depth on it. And the other suggestion, and, and I'm five minutes every day, and it's just, it's the first thing you do, and let that grow. Uh, and, and, and again, you do not need discipline for that. You need to realize how life works and to realize that you can't do life on your own. And so it, learning to pray is not a matter of discipline. It's a matter of desperation. That's good. And if you can get, if you can bottle desperation and take a drink of it every morning, you'll pray. Mm. Of course, we don't sell that. But the, the other suggestion I have for pastors is, and I, I tell this to businessmen too, is take two hours a week where it's just a journal, blank journal, and a Bible. And we encourage people to use prayer cards. But... Uh, but but the, the the you know just a couple tools for prayer and take two hours where you're just with God, and 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 you do it every week. I mean I I, I probably do it probably every um, two out of three weeks just with travel and stuff like that. But uh, I but where where it, there is no agenda during that time. It is just time to be with God. Where it just takes I find sometimes it just takes an hour. Of just kind of being quiet uh, before my soul stops spinning. I mean, it's literally just spinning. There's just so much on my mind, so many things to do, and I'll write it out. I'll think about it. It's just it's a time just with you and God, and it's kind of where you sort out. Sometimes I'll discover I'm angry during that time. I'll discover you know discover there's a lot of fears that are in my life, and I, I usually spend a good share of that time just kind of reflecting on the last week. And, and just thanking God for what he's done. I usually begin with that. It kind of gets me tuned in a little bit. Uh, and I, I, I have no discipline other than that that is that time to be with God. And I find that that time more than anything reorients me. It just, I, I, um, other than that, I have maybe a 35 or 45 minute time in the mornings. But I, it's almost like I need that longer block of time just to kind of, Recharge. Okay. Paul, would you have a, a closing challenge or encouragement for pastors who would be listening to us today? Wow, there's so many things. I just to I, just to be like a little child, to ask like a child, and I, I mean, I just think it's absolutely astounding that Jesus takes the most selfish part of humanity and uses that as a model for praying, and that's little. And he does he does that in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew seven, and says that 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 your chil- you know, the way your children come to you is the way I want you to come to me. 
And, and if, if you have any fuzziness on that, that there's something that, that Jesus is serious about, that, that, uh, that, about that childlike behavior, the two parables he tells on, on how to pray, the persistent widow and the friend at midnight, both involve adults who are acting like little children, who are pounding on doors and trying to get in. Paul, would you pray for us as sure, we Sure, I'd love to. Father, I pray for a spirit of prayer to come on the church of Jesus Christ. And I think that is something that you are doing, and I pray that you would do even more of it. And that the, a spirit of prayer is asking for the spirit of Jesus, a spirit of brokenness, uh, a, a spirit of humility to come on the church of Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.